You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the geek's watch. For the geeks and all the geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. We are here once again this week talking about Castle Rock. This week, episode three, and with me as always, that is correct. And joining us once again is Steven. That's me. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? It's probably going to be a more permanent thing. I'm going to just Wait. declare that now. I hope so. I like it. Good. I like it Good. Thank I'm you training the uh, the new guy for my re- eventual replacement. Well, obviously. Never. That's, Never. What, that's what I that's what I deviously did. Just <laughs> got him in there to replace you. Um, I don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm bumping you down to his driver. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, st- I'll still be employed in the system. I'll just uh, be relegated to behind the scenes. There you go. Uh, all right. I mean, it's the one thing we. I mean, it's not the one thing that we have to talk about this week, but it's the one thing that everybody was talking about this week. It's 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 a bit of Solomon Solomon no Solomon. Oh, he's gone Solomon Grundy. You know, oh no, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. It was a bit of solemn news at the beginning of the week, but uh, Stanley had passed away. It's uh, unfortunate, but the 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 man was ninety five, and it wasn't unexpected. <laughs> uh, I think everybody on the internet obviously had their big. Uh, morning session and, and people talked about it and talked to whoever they needed to talk to. So I don't think we need to dwell too much on it ourselves. But uh, is there anything either one of you would like to say about Stanley? Uh, he was a really, really awesome dude. There's so much detail we can go into about him. But uh, in spite of everything, he was like, you know, I feel like we, we in the entertainment industry. And I say that royally because I'm not in the entertainment industry. <laughs> uh, owe a lot to a lot of what he's done. So that's here, here. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd, I'd love to get to be there for uh, him and Jack Kirby getting to argue again. Oh, no, that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's him, Jack, and Steve now. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're all hanging out together. Yeah. Ditko's dead too? Ditko died earlier this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, not too long ago. And speaking of which, uh, I kind of feel like Stanley kind of had a rough, like, final year. Yeah. It was very rough for him. Yeah. So I was listening to uh, a podcast earlier today where they were talking about it. And I guess, I mean, he, I, and, you know, it's it's a podcast, but supposedly they work in the industry. They were talking to, they talked to somebody who, who was close to Stan and, Stan and Stan had said to the guy, like, hey, it's it's time. It's time for me. I'm I'm okay with going now. I want to be with Joni, kind of thing, and mm. which is understandable. Like that, a year and a half ago, his wife passed away. It was really hard on him. Mm. He got really sick this year. He had all the, the big drama with yeah. his representation and lawyers and 
stuff with his daughter and his caretakers. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff going on for him this year. And it's, uh, it was probably an unfortunate last year for him, but like, like we were saying, he he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully he, he had joy too. So that legacy is going to be tough to beat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Very true. All right. Uh, let's get on to the next story though. Some more geek news of the week. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, Dan boy. Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd has come out and said that they are actively working on a script for Ghostbusters 3, and it calls for everybody of the original cast to come back. Might Obviously, we can't get Harold <laughs> Ramis back. Well. well, I mean, it is a movie about ghosts, and we yeah. have things like Grand Moff Tarkin coming think, back you, in Rogue you think One. They're gonna, they're gonna like Coachella Tupac him. Basically, <laughs> they could. I I don't see why not. But I think this is a little bit of a misleader. Either that, or it's 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 Dan Aykroyd just getting the title out there, or getting the word out there. You know, making it forefront in people's minds. Because from what I understand, and I don't work in the industry, and I don't live in Hollywood, people are always working on different stuff oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. So. Especially scripts. There are scripts that are written all the time that are just sitting on shelves doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So sitting there saying that they're actively working on a script for Ghostbusters 3 re- means absolutely nothing to me. And they've... Aykroyd's been working on some iteration or another of a trilogy for Ghostbusters since the late 90s. Like the video game is is essentially the, the, the third movie. Basically, yeah. yeah. And, it, and we all know who the, the holdout is for the Ghostbusters sequel it's bill murray uh, yeah basically. i mean he's he ha- he has according to his, according to what i've heard he has in his contract that he has uh final say of whether or not the script goes forward or the movie goes forward stuff like that so if he doesn't like it and he doesn't say okay they don't make it i just i just feel like even don't even the fans not want a third isn't that the thing with ghostbusters hardliners i think we're we're at a point right now because the Ghostbusters 2016 was so poorly received and had so much backlash. I liked it a lot too. Yeah. It was, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as Cancer, but like it, it definitely left a lot to be desired. I'm pretty sure that's what it says on the poster. Too. It's not as bad as cancer. Hey, it's not Cancer. <laughs> um, I Look. mean, yeah. Granted, like my point is, like it. Even I, who I think I'm probably, uh. I'm just assuming I'm probably the biggest Ghostbuster fan out of the three of us right now. Yeah, um, I don't know about that. I, well, I hey, love Ghostbusters. You, Speaking for me, I, I, I got really like Ghostbusters. <laughs> like it was one of the first three movies I remember watching in the theater, so it's very deeply like embedded in my recesses of this dark <laughs> cranium of mine. But the idea of a new movie is something that, like, as time passes, like I wasn't a big fan of the sequel. You know, Ghostbusters 2 was just Ghostbusters 1 with, like, a less interesting story and villain. Well, how do you figure it's just the same as Ghostbusters 1? It's, they start off as, like, nobodies. They have to go through the exact same progression of, like, you know, having a big... You know what? I'll send you a video that breaks it down, how it's exactly the same movie, beat for beat. Link in the description. That's not... That, yes. Look, that's that... <laughs> You can't do that. It's, you got people that say like the same thing about Up and Iron Man. It's like it's the same movie. It's like I, I, I except that they're two, two movies. separate movies. This the sequel was literally it. It'd be like comparing The Force Awakens with A New Hope. Those are the same movie. More. Exactly. 
Well, yeah, yeah, because like rather than saying like oh they're the same movie because they both have the hero's journey, you're saying like they have the same hero going on the same. It's the journey. same script essentially, just with a few names switched around. I've never seen the second movie. Instead of a giant <laughs> Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, you have a giant Statue of Liberty. Instead of a interdimensional yeah, the, the traveler, Stay, Stay you have Puff a Carpathian Man is warlord. fighting them. The Statue of Liberty is helping them. Like you can't sit there and just take out key points and be like, "Well, this is the same and this is the same." Like, it, it, I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> you can send me your video all you want. Link in the description. <laughs> no, this will be a private. Uh, <laughs> this this will be a, a private, private argument. No, we will have this argument on full tilt in, on Twitter, and anybody else can join in. Let's, let's put a vote on it. Is it the same movie or not? Is that, yeah. is it? Come well, in next week for I mean, Ghost Watch. Th- literally, we have Steven. We can have Steven watch the second movie since he hasn't ever watched it. <laughs> and it, we'll ask him if it's the same movie or not. All right. Back I, to I'm, back. I'm okay with this. Okay. Ghost Watch next week. <laughs> Look, I like, I like Kate McKinnon. I thought she was hilarious. I thought uh, Leslie Jones was hilarious in the 2016 movie. Okay. Now I'm against you on this Okay. One. <laughs> I just, I don't think, and I actually liked um, uh, Kristen Wiig. I thought she was good in the mm-hmm. movie. I don't like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. I don't like her in most things. So that, that that's what killed that one for me. But I still think that was a good movie. I just, it was a I bad movie. I wouldn't go guy. so far as to say it was good. It just wasn't. As bad. It just wasn't cancer. Yeah, I got yes. it the first time around. <laughs> That's the Reader's Digest quote. Like, I'd rather watch this movie again than see, like, blood in my urine. That's a quote from Mr. Plinkett. <laughs> Mr. Plinkett? Yes. Plunk- Plunkett? Plinkett. Okay. Who's Mr. Red Plinkett? Media. I'll send you the link. I don't... I don't, need, <laughs> I don't need you to send me stuff from other YouTubers. Link, link in the description? <laughs> Anyways... I don't. I, I will believe uh, Ghostbusters Three is coming out when I see the trailer for it. I I don't think it'll happen. I agree with the idea that script spec scripts are always written to what to see whether they'll put money into something. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes me think that it might be more possible is if they give. Uh, oh my gosh, I forgot his name right now. The yeah. holdout. Oh, Bill, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah, sorry. Uh, if they give Bill Murray money to make some other project that he really wants to work on. And right now, Sony is holding on to Ghostbusters real hard. Is he still making movies? I don't think I've seen anything I mean, since Rock the Casper. It, it could be him wanting to put money into some other project that he sees being yeah, worthwhile. Yeah, he yeah. seems like he's the given type for that kind of thing. Um, so I could see that being something that they go forward with. No. And Sony wants to make things. What I would Sony if, does want to make things. If <laughs> they actually move forward with the movie, I kind of hope, although it's probably very unlikely... That they consult Max Landis, and I know that might be a controversial thing to say right no, now. No, no, they, should, they should bring him in. He's great. But he had an excellent pitch for Ghostbusters Three that I remember I hearing did. on some. Uh, <laughs> that was a high five we did just now with <laughs> a lot of flourish. On <laughs> the we, <end>. we just. Blew. <laughs> it was also combined with jazz hands. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, he had an excellent pitch that I remember him talking about, and he even I think he was at the time he was talking to Kamel Nanjiani, mm-hmm. and he was even saying like he was describing a character. This is the daughter that he was talking about. I forget what it okay. was the specific details, but like uh, the script that he was pitching, it basically had like it had some elements of the extreme Ghostbusters, where you had like the new generation coming in. I know, I liked it was a terrible title for a show, but I liked the concept. Yeah, the continuity was excellent. Yeah. I've always wanted them to see to actually explore the one thing from the animated show. The animated show was great uh, because it actually did continue some of the the plot lines from the movie. But they introduced one of my favorite all time characters, Slimer, the Boogeyman. No, oh. not Slimer. The Boogeyman was such a cool idea that it was the the thing that got Egon interested in. Um, 
in the supernatural from like a young age mm. and it's one of the reasons why he's so stoic is because like this character literally scared the crap out of him as a child though he's like he's essentially like permanently traumatized right and he just like he's just incredibly intelligent because he's all inward and seeing this character makes him freeze up and i mean that's kind of kristen wiggs character from the 2016 movie <sighs> no it's not <laughs> kind of is not in the least no i i I got nothing for this one. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if, if they did something where they actually, or if they actually go back and kind of adapt what they did with Ghostbusters 3, where they tie in all the different threads from the first two movies and actually make it like a rounded out arc, that would be pretty awesome because they go into like the ley lines. The reason why that ghost appears in the library actually is like important. Um, as well as the hotel, the Sedgwick. Like, there's a reason why these are places that the Ghostbusters go to. The museum is, it's all like they did a really good job with the video game. Honestly, I'd rather just keep watching that as just the cutscenes. And, like, that's two hours. It's almost a full length movie in and of itself. I wouldn't be surprised if they did do something that was animated. Uh, and also keep in mind right now, they have their own, like, Pokemon Go Ghostbusters game right now. That is active. Oh, that's right. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like that just started maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, apparently that's got to be doing pretty well. I mean, this is the same company that's going to be bringing us uh, um, in- Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which yeah. is going to be revolutionary in animation, as I've been being told. I'm so jazzed. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if you can do something incredible with an animated Ghostbusters movie, yeah, why not? Too bad I, you can't get Lorenzo Music to come back and do the voice of... Peter Venkman. Oh, he's been dead for years. That's why I said too bad you can't. Oh. <laughs> well, it would make sense if I listened to what you said. <laughs> That's why our show fails. Link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, why I'm being demoted to driver. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me, let me, let me start off uh, our, our video game segment here with a little bit of something. Half-Life sequel prequel coming out. Not... Half-Life 3, so it's not been confirmed, which everybody wants. It, but there's a prequel in the works, according to Valve, and it is going to be invo- It's going to involve uh, virtual reality, or VR, which, Stephen, you like a lot. I, I love VR. Okay. You, you love Half-Life. Yes. It sounds <laughs> like we need to have a get-together. I agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of you combined will love this game. It's like peanut butter and... Uh, Licorice. I've never. I, I want to be licorice. I've never played a Half Life game in my life. Well, there you're all the poor for it. Uh, well, you play Portal. I played Portal you? though, which yeah. is an option. Yeah, they're connected. Yeah, they, yeah. the Black Portal Mesa game, the Portal gun came out of Half Life. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Why is it sort of? Well, because the Portal gun is not in Half Life, but they're tangentially related. Mm-hmm. I, I I could go into the whole plot of the lore as to why they're tangentially related. They do have listen, to do listen, with Black Mesa is a company in there. Yes. <laughs> what does it say? Don't they, doesn't, isn't there Black Mesa like uh, Easter eggs inside a portal? Yes. Yes. And yeah. vice versa. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, they reference each there's other. Aperture lab, labs and in, in Aperture is supposed to be like a competitor. Yes. And he had a grudge against Black Mesa. Oh, yeah. Cape Johnson. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> so essentially, just to kind of give you the briefest of rundowns, uh, both companies technically were working on portal technology, but Black Mesa like went overboard and created like an interdimensional portal, <laughs> whereas uh, Aperture Science was only able to create like a dimensional portal. <laughs> so um, Black Mesa opened a hole into a whole nother like universe, 
and aperture science basically is able to make shortcuts like which here is, on earth which is like, what they wanted in the first place from, so they yeah. i say they win yeah but they but they messed up though because they basically made too many things they were like well their was... ai also kind of like took over everything and <laughs> killed everyone what's what's the guy from all the infomercials billy billy mays yeah billy mays like he was like the billy mays of uh, things and he had like eighteen thousand different invention yeah. things that he put his his guys behind the guys in the back room on ended up bankrupting his science company yeah, but he his had, research he was gonna make incendiary le- lemons like oh, i mean those. they did they did get that going though the weaponized lemons yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you think of this a VR game? Like, what are you going to be doing? What's the name of the the main character? In Gordon Freeman in Half Life. I I somehow doubt this is going to have to do with Gordon Freeman though. Because it's a prequel. There's a few. Well, there's been a few like side stories like right. uh, Half Life, uh, Blue Shift, and mm-hmm. uh, some other one. I think that's what Counter Strike eventually came out of. Uh, was a mod part. for like Blue Shift, where essentially you play like a soldier character. And it's like a side story that happens at the same time as the main like storyline. <laughs> but essentially, I think we're going to get some other character completely unrelated. Um, it's just going to take place in that same universe. Um, but I would really hope is that maybe they're starting to test it out. Now, Valve, one of the main reasons they give for them not working on Half-Life 3 is that they make too much money out of Steam and like other properties. Right. That they don't need to make Half-Life if they don't have a w- compelling reason yeah. to. So... If this is successful, I think they're testing the waters to see if there's still interest. Like, they know that there's a fervent fan base. That seems to be my favorite word lately. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily translate to, like, a high return of revenue as opposed to, uh, you know, like, there's a very loud minority. But is this going to have broader appeal than that? And it needs to in order for them to, you know, decide, okay, we're at that point where we can invest into this and actually make it happen. So when this does come out, Everybody, please buy five copies. <laughs> it's interesting that they'd go for VR, though, because they did the Portal VR thing also, is the the Vive demo thing that they yep. put out. And, I mean, that was well-received, but still kind of lackluster. I don't know. Well, yeah, because it was it was basically a tech it's demo. A tech demo, yeah. Um, all you do is it's just a way to kind of, like, navigate the world. They still have it with the Vive. You have to do that really weird kind of, like, teleporting movement where you stay still in, like, uh, the middle of the room mm-hmm. and you have to tell the system like okay now i want my character to be over there for the vive i think so because vive is the one that has the full tracking oculus i think might be the one well because because vive you can basically you, if you put up enough sensors around there you could make like your like basketball court like your vr space but you're still limited to like a certain like confined area where you have to still have sensors and everything correct yeah, yeah. i still don't understand why with vr right now you can't freely move without having to have like either one of those pads that you can like walk Mm -hmm. on or something else like why can't you just sit perfectly still but move like your joystick and that would move your character forward some things have done that so like this is the vr conversation um resident (laughs) Resident evil i think it was the best use of it um the game was playable as both vr or not vr and so as a consequence of that you could use the stick to move freely i think it's mostly just people getting sick yeah the motion signal motion controls aspect yeah this has been your VR kind of side minute. note. I love watching those videos of people that are using like VR demos at like a mall, uh-huh. and they're very carefully like looking over like a high altitude yeah, or something, go, huh? and then somebody like smacks them on the back and they just fall on their face. <laughs> it's genuinely scary, guys. 
awesome. a, I mean, that was going to be one of my questions. Is 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 the omnidirectional pad, moving pad, is that a real thing? Yeah. Does that exist? Yeah, you, you have to wear certain shoes for it, though, to slide on it. Um, the, the one they have right now is kind of like this, like, concave bowl thing you stand on where you're just strapped it on the sides and everything. I think it's just cost prohibitive right now before anyone's going to really have it. That's one of the things that bothered me about Ready Player One is when you see that big finale battle scene and you have all those people wearing VR headsets. <laughs> in, they're running through just the town. Just in the street. Yeah, it's like, this is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. This, this, this is not how VR works. Well, like, I was assuming, because you see in the beginning of the movie when he's in the van... He's like, like he has, well, but he also has the the floor that moves mm-hmm. to run any direction, but, which was based. On, it was that's a real technology that someone actually has made. See, I, I would. I, yeah, that's that what I figured. Cool. But I assume by the end of the movie, he has on the suit, the yeah. full tactile Haptics. like fucking haptic suit. Like, I would assume you don't need the floor if the suit knows that your legs are moving in that way. So maybe those people are just wearing this. The suit, the haptic suit underneath their clothes. I think it's a movie that was trying to communicate easily to people. Look, these people are moving. Yeah, too. that's true. <laughs> but I definitely uh, I agree. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, I, there's definitely a lot of things wrong with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest one was that they made Og like a robot in the thing. What the hell? <laughs> I have I have concerns. You know what though? I almost cheered up when Mechagodzilla appeared and they played his theme song. Yeah, that part was still good. I was just happy when this when Serenity showed up. So, (laughs) Uh, okay, Uh, you had some more video game news though. Oh, um, so there's a couple things. Uh, So just as a check in from last week, uh, PUBG was confirmed to come out for uh, PlayStation now. Um, So anyone who has been waiting to play Fortnite but real serious with no colors and pay for it. You can. <laughs> you go right ahead. Uh, um, the the best game for PlayStation, uh, PlayStation VR is coming out this Tuesday. Um, it's Beat Saber. Um, everyone just go buy it. No questions asked. Um, <laughs> no questions asked. Huh? No questions asked. Just jump in, guys. It's good. Watch one trailer. I promise it fulfills everything that you've wanted from VR. Why is it that that games like that, like, do so well? I mean, like, I I, I think of like Rock Band and uh-huh. and. Uh, I don't know what if oh, like Thump- Thumper other, was is or my Dance Dance game. Revolution or something like that. Yeah, like it's the, the it's coming up. Hit the buttons and then mm-hmm. you know wait for the next set. Like I, I don't have any problem against them. I just wonder why they, they become so and successful. Is it, is I think it, it's it's just an, uh, an an easy one to understand. Like it's a, it's a one for one. Like you see a thing and you do it. Uh, it's the, I think it's the same reason that anything for Fruit Ninja is successful. Mm-hmm. It's just a distraction. You're subconscious mind takes over it for your conscious mind mm. and you get to check out for a little bit okay. also has instant gratification i'm sure mm-hmm. oh that does yeah. that's true 100 percent. especially this one you're just wielding two lightsabers hitting boxes coming towards you i mean wielding. you had me at lightsabers it's everything so else is just like icing on the cake i'm down to play this game with you guys later <laughs> um i think uh or, or for last week also another check-in um fallout 76 came out and it is not doing so great it's getting trashed across all of games press um, the people who are enjoying it so far have said that the thing that bogs the game down is everything they kept in it from Fallout. Oh. Uh, and I now think this that is their attempt to do like uh, the same thing, like uh, like PUBG Fortnite thing, right? Like um, this, a battle uh, royale, like an MMO for this oh. one. Um, you I, you can fight other people in the thing, but for the most part, you're supposed to work essentially cooperatively with others um, to survive in. The wildlands. Oh. But a lot of people are assholes and they'll just wreck your stuff just because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's tons of ways to wreck, wreck people's stuff because of the bugs that are inherent in a Bethesda game. Uh, so, I mean, way to go, guys. And I hope it works out better. 
<laughs> as we go forward. Um, the biggest one, I think the biggest thing in games news this week was that PlayStation is skipping E3 for this next year that after is... already having skipped their PlayStation experience conference this last or this December. That is crazy. Yeah, I did hear about that and uh, the idea that they won't be at the biggest video game conference con- convention of the year. I mean, why? Why would you skip out on something like that? Why? Why? What would? What would? In your best knowledge, what would be their or your best guess? What would be their reasoning for for missing out? I mean, I think the fact that they've skipped both both they're going to skip both this and PSX. I think that leads to them holding stuff together or holding stuff i guess close to their chest to announce big things next year like late in the year for next psx and i think that means five is heavily rumored right now yeah why why what's the benefit to to not going like you don't have to go there and announce anything for ps5 i mean it's e3 is like millions of dollars for a showcase so if they save that money has millions of dollars yeah they they get to do something bigger. The last I don't know. Do you guys watch video game like E three stuff? Yeah, yeah. Like the last couple years for uh, PlayStation at E three has been, this is Death Stranding, it's Hideo Kojima Productions game, this is the new Last of Us. Like they've been showing big things the repeatedly. <laughs> huh? Was it the Guardian for like the last ten years? Dude, last it was that was that was not a good one <laughs> at the end of the day. And I love Team Eco. Uh, what is it a uh, japan studio that yeah. game did not pan out well <laughs> could it uh, be anything to do with like uh them seeing what happened with uh, uh blizzard like when they announced like the diablo immortal and like the big backlash they don't they just don't want that kind of bad pr i mean they didn't even if if say they you know people were expecting something some kind of ps5 news and they don't give them ps5 news and now they're like well now there's now every website has some kind of article to write well they didn't give us any ps5 stuff I mean, that's, so what ha- that's, what, that's what happens that's what has happened the last couple of years anyway the last couple of showcases mm. um i think they're they're just storing stuff up for the winter <laughs> i think that's it they're hibernating <laughs> and, and like any good hibernating beast they're gonna murder when they come out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say they're gonna eat a lot of grass to make sure they constipate themselves. <laughs> Just hold it inside. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's my bet. Okay. Keep eyes on Sony, guys. Fair enough. And by PSVR. All right. So, s- still speaking about video games, kind of. Yeah. The trailer yeah, but for crossing over. The trailer <laughs> for Detective Pikachu came out. This and I an, know nothing about Pokemon. It it missed me. Like I I was it, I didn't do anything with it. And then and and then you know now we got Ryan Reynolds voicing a Pikachu that's also a detective. And like what I mean, what, Ryan Reynolds already sells me on on this. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm, I I don't know if I'm gonna go see it. But Justice whatever his name is his his name is Justice something. Smith. Justice Smith. Thank yeah. you. You think you'd remember something like Smith, <laughs> like uh, seeing him from um, uh, the Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, ah. and uh, most recently for me, um, the show that was on Netflix about the, the Get Down. He plays the the wordsmith in the in the Get Down. He's the he's the rapper. The so wordsmith. That's what they call they call him that over okay. and over. Yeah, <laughs> books. But he was great in that, so I would love to see him do more things. I don't know if this is the thing that I want to see. I, yeah, I, I think it'll go over well. I don't. I don't. Did like you guys? Do you have any big connection to Pokemon at all? 
Uh, well, yeah. I uh, right when I was on the cusp of manhood is when Pokemon came out, and I was like, "Well, I gotta play this. This is awesome." And um, I actually knew about it before it came to the states because I remember watching in the news the story of all those children that got epileptic seizures in Japan. Right. <laughs> like that happened like in '96, and yeah. I think Pokemon premiered in the U.S. in about '98. So when it came out, I already knew about it. And I just happened to really like the character design. So, yeah, I played the original Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a couple of the cards, but I wasn't too much into that aspect of it. That was like a whole different crazy thing. Um, so, yeah, I really liked the, the first couple of generations of Pokemon. Uh, I think I watched the first movie. And then pretty Great much movie. after that, that was it. Like, <laughs> I just kind of it lay dormant. Um I like the memes that come out every so often, <laughs> like Mudkips or whatever. Yeah, but the then um, now you got the current one of Pikachu with his mouth open and oh, just yeah. being stunned. Yeah, in, in different uh, high definitions or whatever <laughs> reaction Pikachu. Yeah. But yeah, so now this comes out and it hits me like in a weird nostalgia place where I was like, this is so weirdly like something I've always wanted to see. And yet, don't kind of care for anymore. Mm. So right. It's like maybe it's too little, too late. Um, it's also a ridiculous premise <laughs> of a talking Pikachu that only one guy can hear, and it sounds like Ryan Reynolds. It's so wacky, though, that I think it's going to work. I agree with that one. And so many people are just go- losing their minds over like the realistic-looking Pokemon. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like the, the the CGI on the Pokemon just looks incredible. But then again, there's nothing to compare it to like, <laughs> yeah, in real life. So you don't know like if it looks cool or not. But it I'm, looks cool. I'm torn on the visuals. Cause really? It, yeah, someone summarized it best as it's the it's the youtube video that you got suggested for when you looked up one pokemon thing on youtube at some point in time uh-huh. where it's like pokemon in unreal engine 4 that's what these all look like yes that's exactly right they yeah. took like 3d uh, I, renders and they just made them fuzzy oh okay with like these are they look like they just like applied like a fuzz generator to all of them so i'm torn on that because well, like mr mime looks pretty Pretty smooth for the yeah. most part, where it looks like he's got dodgeballs on his shoulders. <laughs> it looks spot on dodgeballs. Yeah. Like they like dragged and dropped the asset for a dodgeball for his shoulder. Um, I like Charizard it. looks badass though. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's the one that held over. Um, before we started recording here, we were talking a little bit about the stories and stuff. Uh, and the one the thing that we had talked about for it was that uh, R.J. Palmer, an artist who had been responsible for a lot of the previous uh, Pokemon in real life illustrations, he's just uh, a fan, right? Yeah, yeah, he was just doing like some stuff after. I think he was in art school at that point when he, he got big for those, um, which seems like a solid project to work on in art school. Uh, and then he actually got brought on to do some of the character designs for this one. Uh, and it looks like the Charizard is one that they kept. Like that looks appropriate to me for his stuff. And then possibly the Greninja that's in there. Oh, yeah. Also odd that Greninja's in there because that's a very different generation of Pokemon. But all in all, I'm down for this movie. <laughs> And there's Easter eggs in the trailer too. Like, if apparently there's a QR code on his, um, at one point he's holding like an airplane ticket. If you scan it, it takes you to like a website huh. that has like even more stuff on there. I, I haven't tried it myself because I don't have a QR scanner anymore. But I just thought that was really neat. I was well, like, I mean, oh, that I, makes sense. I would assume that uh, that's going to be pretty difficult for most people because most people watch trailers on their phones now. So I don't know how you <laughs> scan it when it's already on your phone. I would like freeze frame it, like take a snapshot or snippet of it, and then 
use another phone to take yeah, pictures. Yeah, like, hey, come here. Let me borrow that for a second. There, there's there's 14 different like 12 year olds right now who are hearing us say this, and then all just like these idiots. <laughs> that happens internally with your phone now. <laughs> Fuck you guys, stupid kids. Uh, okay, well that I like I. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. About seventy-five percent of that conversation, I kind of glazed over. Well, you, you I know mean, nothing you, about Pokemon. You have no connection to Greninja. None no? whatsoever. <laughs> that's, that's you don't not like a, Mudkips. That's not. No? Neither one of those are a thing that I understand. You or like, no. You like the Pikachu's? I feel like I don't know if anybody's ever watched the Goldbergs other than me. But I feel like um, I watched the Knight Rider episode and that was awesome. <laughs> well, they, it was everything I hoped they would be. You would have a good reference thing because I feel like Murray Goldberg in that when Adam comes to talk to him about things, he's like, I don't understand the word you're talking or saying. <laughs> so uh, let, let's move on to something else. <laughs> Another movie that I've never actually watched, The Shining, is getting a sequel. It's called Doctor No. We need to remedy that. Why are Sorry. you so anti Kubrick? I'm not anti Kubrick. I, I like uh, I like Clockwork Orange. I like Full Metal Jacket. I don't like um, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Just yeah. don't, it's not for me. I Got like, it. Yeah. I like Kubrick's work. I don't like I don't like Stanley. Oh, I don't think anybody does. No, no but it's you have to get through that rough exterior to get that sweet, sweet like nut of film goodness. work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked goodness. his I liked his moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but so uh, Doctor Sleep or yeah Doctor Sleep uh, has Jacob Tremblay, young actor that was nominated for a supporting actor award, I believe, uh, for his room his work in the room or not the room, sorry, room, room. with Brie Larson. <laughs> You're oh, tearing me apart. Part, he was a little boy. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. He was a little. Boy. I and I honestly I thought he would have made a great uh, Billy Batson, but they decided to go with a much older boy. Which was an interesting Batson. decision. Yeah, yeah. Because everything, every time I ever read Billy Batson Shazam comic books, Billy he's Batson's eight. pretty young. Yeah, yeah, he's like eight or ten. Yeah. So having a sixteen-year-old play Billy Batson, which I mean, I'm not upset about, but by the time they make the third Shazam movie, he will be probably twenty-two. I know they filmed them all at the same time. I don't know what you're talking about. They're part of these. There you go. Maybe they put him <laughs> on some kind of pituitary suppressant, though, so that he can stay in character. He's um, eating a lot of soy, <laughs> handling a lot of vinyl. Just go ahead and castrate him so his <laughs> testosterone doesn't kick in. He's going to be a falsetto. But they don't know. Uh, there's no. Uh, they didn't disclose what Jacob Tremblay is going to be playing in the role or in hmm. the movie. So. Uh, a young Danny Torrance, maybe? He, they might do a flashback to flashback, to make him yeah. do a young Dan, Danny Torrance because I mean I could see him passing as the young Danny Torrance in the in the movie or in the original Shining. Yeah, he's, he already looks a little creepy too. He's kind of little <laughs> something's not right with him kind of face. Put some sunglasses on. <laughs> oh, he's also in Predator. Oh, was he know. the autistic he, kid? Yes, he was the autistic oh. kid in Predator. Hmm. So there you go. He's 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 got he's got stuff under his belt. He's making things. Uh, did you have any things other than what we had already? I already have pulled up here. Any news articles? Sean? I think. Um, let me double check. Well, let me hear. Let me, let me say this one real fast. Uh, Gina Carano is joining Pedro Pascal officially on The Mandalorian. Gina Carano, someone that I very much adore. <laughs> 
Yes. No, nope, uh, don't, don't, don't turn it creepy. Don't do it. <laughs> I was just gonna say she's a strong lady. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love her. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, I can't defile. Yes. You're in. Okay, exactly. I get it. All right. I'll save it for off, off air then. There you go. <laughs> for the longest time, I thought she would have made it. I mean, I, yes, she's not the best actress yet. I think she could. She she's she's improved a lot. Uh, but I thought she could have made a great Wonder Woman. How old is this person? Gina Carano. Uh huh. I have no clue. She's ex UFC fighter. Uh, she and was. How, in... how old is she? Or like that's the question I just asked. How old would you guess? Oh, late twenties. Okay. Maybe early thirties. I just I don't know. The, like I maybe mid thirties. I picture someone older, and you're like, she's not the best actress yet. And I was like, <laughs> how much more time does does she need? Well, so, no, because she started late in the acting. She did start world. late in the acting. She she was a UFC fighter first, mm. an MMA fighter first, and a uh, stunt person. And she was in American Gladiators in 2008, and then she uh, was in Deadpool for the first Deadpool. Mm, mm. She's a uh, angel. Face. I, I I wanted. Um, Oh my gosh, the the lady from Shield, from Agents of Shield. Oh, she was supposed to be in the TV show. Thirty six, oh, so mid thirty six right now. Same mm. age as me. It's perfect. Oh, it was meant to be perfect. She she used to she used to date Henry Cavill, so Ooh, I don't know wow. if I can I can live up no, to that. No, you know what? Uh uh-uh, uh. Hey, uh-uh. you have that same Krypton gym shirt. So there you go. <laughs> I do have that same Krypton gym shirt. No, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I wanted the the lady from Agents of Shield to do it, and she got Which on one? that TV show. The uh, Mockingbird. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She was the one supposed that was, to do the TV yeah, show. Yeah, she was supposed to do the TV show mm-hmm. Wonder Woman from. Oh man, who was supposed to produce that? Yeah, it's not a I big deal. But yeah, I th- I thought she would have made sense. I think that that was a situation like a Superman Returns kind of thing, though, mm-hmm. where it seems like they're holding too close to the last adaptation. Hey. Yeah, she's only been knocked out once. Hey. I did not know that. Yeah, um, you'll be number two. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adrian. I forget her name. Pad Padalecki or something like that. Padalecki. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I thought she would have been great. She's on the Orville now. Do you watch yeah. that? That's mm-hmm. a good show. Um, I like and I liked her as the uh, as uh, Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's I thought she was good, great. That's a good character for her. But uh, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about the Mandalorian? I mean, obviously, we don't know what role Gina Carano is going to be playing. We don't. I, do we know if Pedro Pascal is actually the Mandalorian in in the? I don't role. think it's been revealed for sure, but I mean, he's got to be the lead. I, I don't see him being in any supporting role. I think he's going to be like the main star, which means he'll probably will be the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Calling it the Mandalorian sounds weird. Like, it sounds like it's going to be like a saving private Ryan for to Mandalorians. Me, you know what's funny is to me, it to me, it it's very much like a, uh, like a Clint Eastwood man with no name, like cowboy movie. That's exactly like, what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, he's going to come into town on some well, kind of Boba bounty. Well, Boba was modeled after that character. Was he? Yeah. I did not know that. Hmm. Yeah. That's the, interesting. The, the whole, the look that he has going on, it was heavily modified. Boba Fett started originally as kind of like a, like an elite stormtrooper because he was all white. Um, but then once um, is that why Django's is like kind of all gray essentially um, but then um, Joe Johnston I want to say when he used to work at Lucasfilm Joe Johnston who directed the Rocketeer yes wow uh, he's he actually uh, like that was his like pet project <laughs> he worked on um, on Boba Fett and kind of changed his appearance gave him like a bit of lore and basically modeled him after the man with no name so like that uh he has kind of like a 
half a poncho over one shoulder. <laughs> I was gonna say that, yeah. His and, his uh, little cape is kind of like the man with no name's poncho. Wait, yeah. is that why you like Master Chief and Halo so much? Possibly. Yeah. Does I'm he a have big a cape? fan of ponchos. Yeah, and, and it was what was it uh, Halo Five Halo, in the advertisements for it? He well, had no, the poncho. Thing. Was starting with Halo. Yeah, Halo Five. He, <laughs> he actually no, I think it goes as far back as Halo Three. Okay. Like, yeah, because there was like that whole look, and then that scene from the commercial never happened in the game. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was well. There was a whole lot of problems with that, with number five to begin with, but. <laughs> Yeah, marketing being cheap among them. But yeah, so he was basically modeled after, like, you know, uh, basically he's a character that barely speaks. When he speaks, it's very hushed. The way the helmet is shaped, it's supposed to be, like, very squinty. Like, you know, you, can, you can't see his eyes and that kind of thing. He has, like, a sawed-off shotgun as a main weapon. And he just has a reputation as being, a real, like, a real badass, you know, bounty hunter. And that comes out a lot from, like, that type of Western thing. So there's going to be a lot of callbacks to that. And... um I believe the main weapon that we've seen so far that the Mandalorian carries is taken directly from the Star Wars Holiday Special, which was the, the first one? time. Yeah, which was the first time that Boba Fett was introduced. He was introduced in the in one of the animated shorts, which um, you still can't get as like a physical thing legally. No, they should do it. Lucasfilm disavows its existence. It's so dumb. <laughs> they're just sitting on they're sitting on this thing that could make them so much money. They put out a series of toys that are just that. It is really money. awful though. It's, well, actually, no, it's real bad. They have released a toy version of the animated Boba Fett. Hmm, like, I, didn't know I think they have as a special edition of something. I didn't know that at all. So uh I I mean I I'm for it. I I'm still not going to go get the Disney Plus app yet, so And uh, I can't afford it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll, we'll we'll see how I, I find I, how I get a hold of watching that. Maybe I'll have to sit at someone else's house. That that that. that what is. if they say that Gina Carano is going to be like? She's a Mandalorian. She no. What if <laughs> what if she's like a slave girl for some hut? And you're going to see her in the gold bikini. You'll 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 pay. If anybody, I, I probably will. So Mitch's face just now just like contorted in like the most conflicted face I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, so th- this show, this podcast originally started off talking about uh, Game of Thrones, which was created by or is based off books created by George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he has another set of books. That is going to be turned into a uh, multi-series TV ser- TV show on uh, Hulu. This is the third property of his. To yeah, be because adapted? Night Flyers, I think, is the other one. That's, I don't remember the other it's, one. It's on Sci-Fi right, or not yet, but it's going to be on Sci-Fi mm-hmm. pretty soon here. Uh, that one, that one got picked up, and that that's going to be a show. But yeah, this one is called Wild Cards, and I don't know if either one of you know the description, but I will read what the description says on this. Is set in the present, the book series explores the aftermath of an alien virus released over Manhattan in 1946 that killed 90% of those infected. In the survivors, DNA was altered, uh, creating grotesque physical deformities, except for a tiny percentage who developed superhuman powers instead. Called the wildcard virus, uh, it has passed down through generations and can go, unde- go undetected su- until suddenly activated by a traumatic event. At which point the carrier is either killed, mutated, or granted godlike powers. Effects uh, that are that are largely a manifestation of the victim's emotional state, making them vulnerable to reverence or ridicule on a deeply personal level. 
Now, after decades of sociological uh, turmoil, having been worshipped, oppressed, exploited, and ignored, victims of the virus want to define their own future. It sounds like a weird mix of the lore for Shadowrun, and then not to speak ill of those who have passed yet, um, but one of those like novel superhero things that Stanley put out like a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Even the title, Wild Cards. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like that. I was thinking Wildcats, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, I I know I don't know much about it other than the few episodes you showed me. But isn't that also kind of My Hero Academia? Like, so many people were infected, and all of a sudden, aside from the like the the grotesquity, right, right, grot- grotesqueness. What, what is the word I'm looking for here? Grotesquerie. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Besides that part, I mean, yeah. I, I just mean like the oh, everybody gets powers, or only certain people get powers, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the the interesting kernel from this is the fact that it'll be that um, the the people who weren't changed are apparently those who can get powers. So the people who look what we would perceive as normal right now mm-hmm. would be the ones who have the chance to have a power, but they can also have some like pretty negative effects based on their emotional state when that stuff right. comes to bear. When it becomes, when it manifests. Cause yeah. it says only the only, you only, your powers only manifest when you're going through some kind of traumatic event. Mm-hmm. So I, they said current times as well. That seems odd to me. I don't know. They said, they said decades of them having been like, crapped on or whatever or revered yeah because it says the virus hits in 1946 and then generations after that as it's being filtered through dna Mm -hmm. that's when you know we'll show up in present time of like how it's affected i guess the people of new york and where it's spread it out to i I wonder when this book came out or the series came out because that that'll inform how i feel about what it could be the first book was published by bantam in 1987 Okay, I take it back. This is going to be real bad. To date, 27 <laughs> books have been released by four publishers with other new titles in the works. You can put up 27 books in another franchise, but can't finish what? Was it the sixth? Seven. Seventh? Yeah, you can't finish the <laughs> sixth one right now. And he still needs to do the seventh. He ain't no spring chicken either. He needs uh-uh. to hurry up on that. No, um, I don't know. I think the fact that it was uh, began in 1987 paired with the description of this gives me not high hopes and i like fiction from the 80s mm-hmm. i just don't think a lot of those tra- like transition well into being tv shows and movies and stuff fair enough like i love Anne mccaffrey but no one ever tried to do drag the dragon riders of pern okay <laughs> uh all right that's all the news that i have to talk about is uh, if, if that's everything for everybody else um just real quick wanted to throw it out there that uh, john crier is going to be lex Luthor in supergirl <laughs> That's right. The TV show Supergirl. John Cryer is going to be Lex Luthor because the CW loves to do the callback Mm -hmm. to previous uh, roles. And as some people might remember, because I I assume most people try and forget uh, the fact that Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, happened. (laughs) But he played Lenny Luthor, Lex Luthor's nephew, in that movie. So... Uh, I assume that's the reason why. And look, he's got the bald head for it now. I was gonna say, were there just no other bald people that had been I, in Superman stuff before? I, I mean, or? there was. There's. There's uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, that seems like the one to choose. <laughs> just do it, you I, cowards! I'm sure they they asked him, and he probably said mm, maybe, maybe not. I, mean, I don't know. I feel like he'd be up for it because he, he makes films and stuff. He's gonna want money, 
yeah. and publicity to be able to make his other stuff. And I don't know if you listen to his podcast. I listen to his pod- mm-hmm. podcast pretty regularly. He talks about how much he loved playing Lex Luthor. I yeah. mean, he did it for seven years, and he was and he didn't he didn't negotiate for more years because he didn't want to. He was like, I was done. I did it. But he loved the fact that he played it. I just maybe he just didn't want to shave his head anymore. I mean, yeah, he's got good hair. He's got, yeah. he's got a good set of hair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a strange decision, especially <laughs> with my theory of what's going to happen because they just outed the the president on that show of, of being an alien, like mm-hmm. no one knew, and she uh, exposed herself by accident when being attacked. So I feel like Lu- they keep talking about Luther. He's going to get out of prison. He's going to run on. He's going to run for president on a campaign of like. You know, keep Earth for Earthlings kind of thing. No, but this, this is Supergirl. I like that show, but they'll, they'll call it. They'll have his tagline be "Make Earth Great Again." You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. You're, like, you're I, I love right. I love that show, but they'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> they'll say that. So I, I assume by the end of the season, we'll get a we'll get President Luther, and to see John Cryer in that role seems kind of strange. Yeah, isn't there already a Luther in the show though? Not Lena. Uh, is it Lena? Yeah. Yeah, it's Lena. Her his his adopted sister? No, half sister. Yeah. Because it's the the according to the show, the father Lionel had a daughter with someone else other than Lex's mother. I mean, that sounds like a comic book contrived plot. So I guess. Yeah, yeah but luckily Lena, she still had an L name though. Yeah. <laughs> I in the in the comic book Lena is his actual full blooded sister. So oh. it's a thing they made up for the show. They just wanted to explain sometimes when her like her like natural accent pops out. Yeah. Why she's on the Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, so yeah, there you go. How, how how do you feel? You were affected by this enough to bring to bring that up. one to the table. Yeah. Well <laughs> I like the idea of Supergirl. I think most episodes are really, really boring. Fair. Um I just think it's kind of interesting that they're doing that. I'd like to see... I mean, if that's going to be a thing that they do, I want to see more people from the Superman movies come back. If they're still alive. I know like a bunch of them are no longer around. They, they can bring back um, the uh, the soup, or the Lex Luthor from Superman Returns. Yeah, yeah. No, he was... Kevin Spacey? He was so popular. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's doing anything right now. He might for even do reason. it for scale, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it for like a day rate like just minimum wage like eight dollars an hour actually brandon Routh kind of falls into like a, a that area because he technically already has been or at least has starred with supergirl yeah and i think she even had like a meta moment where she says hey you remind me of my cousin uh-huh. yeah i yeah. thought that was kind of neat which so. is also funny because in the last year's uh crossover event when she gets kidnapped by the nazi versions of her of them uh she says you know my cousin's gonna come and save me, and Superman never shows up. But the first person that actually gets her uh, out of there is, is Ray. Is Ray? Is Ray Palmer? So I was like, that's a good meta moment. <laughs> I didn't. Too. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Part. <laughs> uh, and then there was, I think, in the first crossover uh, event, or maybe a different one. Maybe it was that one too. Uh, Ray Palmer even men- mentions it to someone else and says, "Oh, Kara Car- kind of looks a lot like my cousin." Like hmm. says something like that. So Elseworlds too. They talk about it a lot. Yeah, it's it, and that's the one thing I do like about the CW shows that they do play to the history of the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dean Cain's been on the show. Terry Hatcher's been on the show. They got to bring John Schneider back. John, Sh- oh, who's yeah? He played uh, Pa Kent in Smallville. Oh, I was I want to big Smallville Bo Duke. Guy. He was Bo Duke in the Dukes of Hazards. 
You like Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, I do like Dukes of Hazard. Yes. <laughs> well, I like the General Lee. At one time, I actually got to see the actual General Lee in person. It was mm-hmm. really awesome. That would be a cool one. I'm glad it's still around. You do, you do seem to like shows that revolve around cars. I and yeah, any kind of vehicle. Rider, I love Airwolf. Yes. Night Rider is of course <laughs> my favorite. Specific decision on the Airwolf, <laughs> but I approve. <laughs> Eighteen bands. I mean, I just I like automobiles. Herbie. that are iconic. Herbie the Love Bug was awesome. <laughs> what about the Love Boat? You know what? Is it too much? You never really got to see it. It's more it's, of a, it was just the, a the set. boat itself. I didn't feel like was a character. Uh. It was just a setting. <laughs> but like all these other vehicles had personalities. The A-team band has yes. a personality. No, yeah, I think it does. I think it, it's like the embodiment of like the cigar in the mouth of yeah. the leader guy. It's the vehicle there was nothing version more of, badass of Mr. T. For like a black van <laughs> with a red stripe along the side and a spoiler. It was just <clears throat> like peak eighties like testosterone. Spoiler van is. A- a real that's a potent decision <laughs> so uh yeah john crier i don't picture him being a regular on the show next season but I think maybe intru- recurring i think they're introducing him to use him on the superman show that's my bet oh i didn't think about that they are gonna have a well they haven't officially said they're gonna do superman show they put, they put out the images they, yeah but that's all from the elseworlds is that, is that what that's yeah. for? I think that's just testing the waters. I, think I, I definitely think they're testing the yeah. waters. They're definitely testing the waters. It's a backdoor entryway. It's the reason why that they're not <laughs> sold on giving Henry Cavill like his extended contract for the movie stuff. Like, because you know, Warner Brothers is very iffy about. Well, if we're doing movie versions of them, we don't want to do TV versions of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get it, but at the same time, that. It's not, it's not muddying the waters. It's getting oh, no. people a- attached to a character already and then giving them a different one, which yeah. is what comics are about. Exactly. So Every season of The Flash is different. So every, <laughs> every season of The Flash. <laughs> How many speedster characters can we throw out yeah. there? Oh, it's, this is completely tangential to all of this, so I won't spend too much time on it. But did I hear correctly that they're going to introduce like a force spectrum in DC Comics? A force spectrum? Yes. So like, like we speed have speed force. Like we have the speed force. Oh yeah, you have the still have... force, you have the sage force, and you have the strength force. Wow. So yeah, there's all the triforces in there. There's uh yeah, there's there's other the three other forces other than the the speed, speed force that got released once the source wall was was broken. So they're gonna be able to now like wall. retcon where it's like, well, Superman that can tap into the strength force or something like that. And I don't like this. No, this sounds like when they changed Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> they added in like other types of cards. But Stop Superman it. doesn't <laughs> tap into the speed force to go fast. Well, no, but like, well, actually, couldn't they? I couldn't I would they? I would if I were a, a writer at DC Comics, I would say that. He involuntarily yeah. taps into the speed force, like that's it, the reason why he can move fast. But he doesn't do it consciously, like well, how yeah. the 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 Flash does. Well, it. He's, he's not as like integral to the speed force the way right. that Barry is, exactly. or whoever's the current speedster. But yeah, he does. In order, see, I I kind of like that idea where in order, if, if you have a certain superpower, it comes from like a greater realm of like powers that you tap into whether consciously or not and it just so happens that barry allen or whoever the flash is right now is just like really into that you know whatever that's mm-hmm. why he's the fastest that's kind of a neat idea but it also sounds like they're gonna like jump the shark like 
they think, already jumped the shark in the the flash season i think uh, <laughs> literally king shark they jump yeah. over him i think like the emotional spectrum was just like ridiculous it they make it work because they committed to it but it just feels like it's so dumb that you're gonna have like all the colors of the rainbow have like a an emotion attached to them and all that other stuff and now you have like all the different superpowers are gonna have a, a greater thing that they all are a part of and yeah i mean it's, it's but see the thing is that the it's not really bleeding over into the rest of the dc universe it's just in the flash uh book i mean it's a little bit in justice league because because the flash is there but i don't know i think the biggest problem for me was just trying to they had they, they tried they kept all the titles or all the forces with an s like still uh sage and, and strength like a huh. strength force works but like sage force is supposed to be about intelligence and it's like does anybody really say sage when they no. mean intelligence like no it sounds like really. you're talking about someone with, who's like really into holistic healing. yeah that's exactly what that's i'm thinking maybe dude. sapiens <laughs> <laughs> the sapien force this is bipedal walking force and, then, <laughs> and so essentially the still force is what the turtle uses to make everything still or freeze around him so hmm. that's a thing too I think this this sounds like a thing where someone goes to another universe and then one character says that all powers exist on this spectrum and then you never hear about it again yeah. since like 92. Right. That's what that sounds like to me. We'll see. We'll see if it sticks around. It might not. I, I don't know. I, what other forces could start with us? <laughs> I, it, I, I'm the Steven force. <laughs> done. There you go. Done. It's the one that encapsulates it, all of yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to say, it controls them all. We are powerful. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about Castle Rock. <clears throat> Episode three is called Local Color. Local Color is the name of the the cable access local <laughs> show for Castle Rock. That's essentially you heard with Purd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you ever see that guy show up in other stuff? Because yeah, he, no, he plays the, the news guy yeah. and lots of everything else, like uh, even Supergirl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was so happy. <laughs> I was fulfilled in that moment. <laughs> uh. Either way, though, um, it is uh, what is Molly Molly Strand's character's big thing to get onto this show so that she can hype up uh, the revitalization of downtown Castle Rock and talk about the the mill that she bought so that she can make is like some kind of yarn mill. Yeah, she wants to revitalize the economy because apparently the only thing this town has going for it is the prison. Yeah, it's the only. So only money that comes in. Excuse me, sorry. It's mm-hmm. the it's the it provides all the money and jobs for everybody. As we come to see that all the men work at the prison, all the women go, all their wives go out to go get drunk, and then their kids are left to <laughs> kind of do their pet cemetery. Yeah, pet cemetery have like rulings over each other. Yeah, like they have this weird game where they the the oldest one play is the judge, and the rest of them are kind of weird. Jury, like to me, it was very much Children of the Corn like thing going on there. Yeah. Well, I mean, right off the bat, we th- this episode was filled with like revelations. Okay. <laughs> um, there was a lot of things going on in here. Uh, I believe we begin with the opening scene of um, Molly, kind of carrying over from the last episode. She she walks over when she finds out that. Um, is it Harry or Henry Deaver? Henry. Henry. Um, his dad has been found and is recovering back home. And we hear on the radio that, oh, he's uh, he's recuperating or whatever. And in the last episode, you know, we found out that he, uh, Henry, told um, 
Jackie Torrance. Yep. That, oh, no, like, my father was found and he died at home. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, oh, so right away, that's a, there's some kind of contradiction here. Well, come to find out, Molly uh, walked right over in her nighty barefoot in the snow, walked into the house, put on uh, one of Henry's, uh, that red flannel hoodie that we've mm-hmm. seen a couple times already, and disconnected his, uh, like, Breathing tube. His intubator, yeah, yeah whatever intubator, that thing was. Yeah. And uh, basically murdered him. Now, we also come to find out in the rest of this episode that she has a strong connection to Henry. Mm-hmm. She either experiences the same thing that he experiences or can cause him to experience things or do things. Because yeah, as we see other. when she closes her fist... And then you see Henry close his fist right afterwards. Yeah. Now, either that's hit her predicting that he, that's what he's going to do or she's manipulating him to do that. I think that she's acting on his feelings. I think she has less of a barrier to what she does based on how she feels. I think she like isn't necessarily like it's like she maybe like represses her feelings a little bit more. Yeah, it sounds like she's the receiver. Like uh-huh. she just gets bombarded because we saw a few times in this episode for the first time, like the cacophony of like just mental projections that she can't tune out unless she takes like Adderall or something. Yeah. I forget. No. Is it Oxycontin? Oxycontin. Yeah. Painkiller. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she uses those to kind of dumb it down to take the edge off as she says. But yeah, it, it definitely sounds like she's just receiving all this input and it's especially strong from Henry. So which made me think that when we, if you go back and examine that first scene when she kills uh, Henry's father, maybe it's her experiencing it through Henry. Like maybe Henry's the one that actually did it. That's why you see her throw the flannel on. I think I think that's still uh, her acting what he wants to connection, do. Like the way physically. What was that? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut in there. Oh, okay. I was just gonna say, you think maybe she gets a stronger connection to him when she's actually like physically, t- like a medium, basically. No, 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 no. I think that she was still up in her bedroom, and what we're seeing is the movement of Henry going through the house, going up to the room, and taking the stuff oh. off. But she's projecting her oh. own mind or her own image into that scene. Like I don't think Possibly. it was Henry that that was, or I think it was Henry that was up there that actually does the killing, or so you, someone she, else. She's living the memory, and that's still her self image, right? That she's seeing. But then, how did she get that? Well, I mean, well, once you find out later how she got it, but I mean, that would make sense that it was actually her, but it was his drive or his desire to kill his dad. That could be it too. That was guiding her to right. do it. So like maybe she wasn't even fully aware. She was just like subconsciously the, the doing it. Yeah. 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 I think that maybe over time she's learned to like compensate for the feelings that she's getting and not act on those things. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time that was new. And so she can't stop this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the reason why she clenched her fist before he did. Right. Again, like she's not holding these things back because she's just feeling all of it. Um, so do we want to talk about why it is that he would have such anger towards his father? Because that scene starts off where he closes his fist. Mm-hmm. It starts off with him burning a videotape that says, what, summer of 89 or something like that? It was like 11 89 I yeah, believe. Yeah, and he says, fuck you, dad, or something like that mm-hmm. as he burns yeah. it. So it's obviously some hatred there. And then eventually he goes and closes his fist when his dad's looking for him. So I wonder if... if- the like uh what the meaning of that stuff will be shown through what was supposed to be on that tape i assume later. we're gonna eventually find out what was on that tape. i mean yeah. like my my mind immediately wants to jump to like oh this guy was the reverend or the pastor of the what was the church of incarnation yeah, yeah. not of the reincarnation. reincarnation but 
I mean, they're definitely painting it out to be like this pastor guy was like some really dark dude. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the few interactions that we've seen already, where you know prior to his disappearance, he seems like a genuine a hole. Mm-hmm. So, like immediately, like I jump to like a butterfly effect situation where like the 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 father the priest had some kind of like really really inappropriate like child stuff on that videotape but it could also just be like a recording of like his birthday party or something that just was really you know bad or something you know like it's yeah you know and i i seem like i i definitely think i feel like the show is leading us towards the whole he did he did terrible things to children kind of road but i I just i i want to believe that they wouldn't go for that low-hanging fruit yeah like i don't want them to take that easy easy road of well, obviously, you should hate this guy because he's a child molester. Like, when, when is the show supposed to be happening? Or when is when would that point be where he's eleven? I would assume that that's eighty nine. Oh, okay. That's what? When was it? That was ninety one. And the, they, and the, the tape was what day? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. So two years prior. Hmm. I was just thinking maybe that was the tape of when he first joined their family or whatever, or whatever's supposed to be happening where. Oh, so it was maybe adopted. like a happy memory, but he wanted to get rid of it because he was mad at his dad for some other reason we don't know yet? Possibly. I or just erasing when he first joined it, you know? Like, either of those things. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's my wonder. Yeah, that's the thing about this episode. Like, I feel like it bombarded us with, like, new information, mm-hmm. and now we're still going to be waiting, like, seven more episodes to see where it goes. <laughs> So, according to the trivia, the the abilities that Molly seems to possess sound similar to that of Danny Torrance and Dick Holleran in The Shining. Hmm. As I already said, I don't, I've never seen The Shining. So we need to remedy that. Yeah, as you've already said. Yes. Uh, what 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 do you? Why is that? What kind of powers do they do the do they have in The Shining? Um, it's mostly telepathy, uh, but it also allows them to communicate with uh, or to be more perceptive of like the spirits so kind of like steer steer of echoes yes okay and uh, we saw a lot of that in this episode yeah um that that's what that's the the definite tone i or not uh, the image i was getting when like you know she's walking in that church and it's snowing and you see all the mm. faces with the bandages on it and then eventually in her home when uh she thinks she's being attacked by the reverend with the bandage over his face i i was curious about the the congregation all being in there with mm-hmm. the bandages on their face. I, to me, I kept thinking that it's other people, not necessarily that died by her hand, but other people that died in a similar way. I was wondering if it's uh, something about him being like the leader of them. And it's about the similarity between the congregation and the guy. I was thinking it was probably cause we've already been told that, you know, people die really mysteriously and in, in, in large amounts in this town mm-hmm. like these could be just those restless spirits that are still kind of hanging around because the only one we have a direct connection to would have been the, the the pastor whom she apparently killed or let die uh, however you want to look at it in that case i'll have to reserve judgment for how she killed him when we find out why she killed him right <laughs> Uh, i mean there's also warden lacy he, he obviously a very strange death yeah so we haven't his seen bandages would be on his neck, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing like a choker. You know what? They, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't uh, go back to that. The end of last week's episode when we when the dog finds the head. Yeah. That had been missing. Um, I, I would assume that we were going to have some follow up on that in this episode, but 
we didn't. So. I mean, maybe maybe that's a thing that whatever happens with that takes period or takes period uh, takes place over a period of time. So whatever's happening with that stuff is happening in the background, right. and then we'll see the conclusion of that stuff later. Okay, I don't know. Uh, our uh, our protagonist Henry finally gets to talk to his client for the first mm-hmm. time, uh, albeit th- through glass, protective glass. Um, we actually hear the kid say some words, yeah. Other than Henry Deaver, they're interesting sentences, though. I'm still not sure about his uh, capacity for so for communication. I, I thought the one that that was very interesting. I I know you perked up out of it when when he asked Henry how old he was. Yeah, it wasn't as easy as how old are you. It's more it was how many like years age, are you yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. And then he said, "Has it started yet?" Yeah, he did. He did ask that. Uh-huh. Henry took it as. Or no, he said something about, has it begun? Oh, has it begun, yeah. And Henry took it as, oh, yeah, I'm going to start your defense on getting you out of here right away. Yeah, kind he's of all thing. focused on, like, the trial or something. Yeah. Which we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but um, Molly basically kind of let the cat out of the bag on, like, local TV yeah. when she was doing that spot. Right. And, I mean, she never had that conversation with mm-hmm. Henry. She just completely, just empathetically just blurted it all out. And the warden, we see her at the that local bar, just kind of have like the old crap face, right? And it was like, okay, so. I then- think one of the funniest things I I found about that particular scene is that after that bomb gets dropped on the television, she the warden's looking around in that bar to be like, oh my god, who's gonna say something to me? Who's looking at me? Kind of thing. It's like. No one. No one's looking at you. No one cares. <laughs> yeah. No one knows who, that you're the warden for some reason. But, like, I don't know. To me, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. I, the, the other thing I was curious about was, uh, so you guys said two things that the guy said, the boy. Um, he also said, uh, can you hear it or something to that effect? Yes. So is there some, like, uh, coming of age kind of thing that's going to happen with our main character where, uh, I don't know. He's some multiple of the number six age or something. I don't know. And the devil starts talking to him. You know, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen there. But so for some reason, his age is is important. Has it started yet? And then, do you hear it? I think. So. I think the age thing is gonna be important because I feel like you're gonna find out like however old Henry is, or when he was when he went missing for those days. Is like how how old, as we are now calling him Nick, is. Mm. <laughs> you know Nick because Nicholas Cage and he was in Found a Cage. Yeah, and that so- was a weird like <laughs> roundabout way. And then sounds about as as good as when anyone comes up with a nickname in real life. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's the, true. The devil's in the details. Cause, well, because one time he picked up a stogie. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, interesting that you say the devil because apparently the the warden referred to him as the devil, who is often referred to as Old Nick. Hmm. Really? Yeah. So I I don't know. Ooh, and we're almost up to Christmas, so it could also be Saint Nick. Saint Nick. I don't know. I don't know. And why. Santa is an anagram for Satan. There you go. It's all connected, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm definitely curious about the stuff, the, the seeds that they've sown that they haven't actually gone and harvested yet. Right. The thing with the head. Um, and I I feel like they're on a solid thing where basically two episodes after you find out about something is when. It pays off. It pays off. Yeah. You know what's also funny is too when we we started this and I was looking I was looking up the IMDb page for it. 
I was like, this is episode three. I feel like we've watched more episodes mm-hmm. than three episodes of the show so far. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing at this point. Um, it's a bad thing because it does kind of feel like we're just getting bombarded with more and more clues, but no leads. It's fair. Also, near, essentially pointless references at this point. The Pet Cemetery one was odd. <laughs> I, if I'm that's really, even what that was, I had no idea. But, I mean, I just, it, it is just weird. because of the animal mass. I mean, I guess, but it's Pet Cemetery, not Pet, like, child court yeah <laughs> fair enough i mean if it happened at a cemetery and they were all just kind of creepy wearing their animal masks okay cool but instead this was like some crack den and well, like this is like the step before they go to the cemetery this is them oh they lost their previous playhouse so now they go to the cemetery there you go uh, <laughs> i guess yeah <laughs> yeah because and we forget the, we, or we didn't mention the fact that the, we're at that scene is because molly is trying to get score some more drugs. Her her normal drug dealer uh, is all out. I like of, your use of the proper nomenclature. <laughs> <laughs> what what's that? Score. Oh, score. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been yeah. around the block. <laughs> Got any I have splits? not been around the block. Can I do a bump? I want to. I, I, I would like to do two marijuanas, please. <laughs> have uh, you ever injected a marijuana? <laughs> But uh, so she has to go to a new drug dealer by the name of Derek, who lives in mm-hmm. the court, the motor court, which yeah. we never saw a motor court. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, and when he gets there, when she gets there, she the the Derek tells her to play along with the game that they're playing. But he is it was his his price for three uh, pills, 60, of bucks, a, 60 bucks for three. Plus, he gets to see her boobs. He I didn't catch that. that part. You didn't catch that uh-uh. part. He threw I that mean, in there. that I, dude, I have a whole lot more respect for him now. It's like this dude knows how to hustle. <laughs> I just it, l- lower the price if you yeah. wanted to get the other part. <laughs> and then she's like, "Don't be ridiculous. That's not yeah. gonna happen. I'll yeah. give you a hundred for ten pills." Yeah, or it was nine pills. Was it nine? I think it was nine. I thought it was ten. Dude, I'd be that. like, you know what? Pills are free. Just let me motorboat them. Where the H is at? Yeah, dude. It's the art of the deal. I mean, the cops were already on their way. If they would have found that happening, she would be in jail for a lot longer time. Like, what do you, exactly do you explain to the cops that you're doing there? And why? I mean, if she if she got arrested for for a drug thing, a drug related crime, she shouldn't be be getting out. Like, they gave her a fine, and she had to pay the or she had to pay the fine for the impounded car. Like, I honestly don't know what she got arrested for. It might have been a cur- curfew thing of some sort. I don't. I don't know. The only or thing I, like to me for her, I would just been like, yeah, I called the cops. My place is broken into. This is where I came to figure, find out who broke into it because I got this lead kind of thing. I, I feel like she she could say something about the her retail job way before that, or what? not re- retail uh, realty job. Oh, okay, way yeah, yeah, that. you could definitely like do look. That. At, I like this little house right here. I came to see if there were any parents here. I only found these kids. Yeah, these kids are definitely. This is a. This is child safety right here. Like these Something. kids are. That girl was played in the middle of the road with a <laughs> power cord. Yeah, no, that's the one. Driving by, looking at houses for realty things, and you see this little girl, and you wanted to get her back inside where it was warmer. Done. No trouble. <laughs> Clearly, this woman has not entangled the law before, no. so just didn't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like there was a lot of excuses that could have been thrown out, but mm-hmm. no, she decided to go with. Uh, no, I was buying drugs from this. <laughs> From this small boy. From this child. <laughs> uh, 
I, I don't know that that I thought that all played out really weird, but obviously we're supposed to understand that she's very frazzled this week because mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Henry being Mac and her having such a hard reception to him. Jane or Jane Levy or her character Jackie um, is obviously I don't know. Do you do you see her as our 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 audience counterpart because she's the one that kind she of delivers gets a lot. the information. She not just delivers the information. She gets the other characters to deliver information to her so that we get that information. Yeah, she's kind of like a... a, like a... not customer, uh, like a viewer surrogate. Yeah. Because she's had interactions now with, like, a couple of the main characters. So, I... and I think she was also there at the bar when um, the warden was there. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, she's kind of like the the person that we're kind of seeing things through get things revealed to and also has like questions or submissions of like what we're being led to believe but just at this point right now i just feel like it's not explained to me why she's so interested in everything like if she had been a reporter i'd understand that but she's just kind of like a person that's kind of connected i guess i don't know i think i think she's just supposed to be like a local gossip Okay. For the most part, like it's a small town. Yeah, there's only so much going on, but at the same time, I also feel like I'm I'm with you on that one where it's like, well, g- give me a reason. Yes. You yeah. Know? Just give me a reason. Why? I mean, is is she writing a book about yeah. about Castle Rock or something like that, or even if she's just like, I'm really interested in local history. Like, yeah, something. Also, like she also helped her clean up that her house ever got broken into. But then she also said, if you paid me to be here all the time, I could clean up this house better. So does, is she, does she clean houses? Is that part of her job? I, th- I think she was just saying like, like, like you give me like full time wages for doing this one thing and I'll finish it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like, have we seen in like the previous episode? Cause I think she was barely introduced. She in wasn't second. in the first one. So yeah, she's only in the second mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. What was she doing in the second episode? Was she at the church? Yeah. Yeah, she was there at the church. So so she far, was, all we know. But she was at the church for a some type of meeting. meeting. Was uh-huh. it was it like a, a, a some kind of Alcoholics Anonymous, or was it just like a church meeting? I want to say it was just like a Wednesday night meeting thing. Because the, she, the she got Reverend a was running price. it. She, yeah. got, she got a giveaway Bible or whatever. That's <laughs> right. But then we saw her at the the bar after that. Mm-hmm. I don't think she. I don't think she'd be going for AA and then going to the bar. There's only so much to do in really the town. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless it was her first time there. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, she could be like, nobody she, knows. <laughs> yeah. She could be like Marla from Fight Club, just goes to Anonymous's meeting. Well, I guess that's not... Also, Cornelius does that in Fight Club. Yeah. Like, they just goes to the meetings because they like to feel wanted and loved. I always do appreciate a Fight Club reference. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but, so yeah, I... I, I definitely think there's going to be more to her character that mm-hmm. we, we need to, to find out and, and I, I know I said this in the previous episodes like I needed that one thing to happen so that I can kind of be more hooked in and I feel like Molly the young Molly killing the reverend is the my one thing is like okay well I, I'm getting a little bit more of a explanation of something mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm kind of hooked in I just I just feel weird about the stuff in general I'm not a big Stephen King person by any stretch of the imagination um, I feel like right now in the show, it's weird that so many things are all happening in this one place and there are people with like these like powers and weird stuff going on. And I don't know whether I like it or dislike it where 
everyone has their own thing going on and that's kind of the point because that's what life is like you never know what what anyone else has going on in their day or why they're grumpy but something is behind them being grumpy but then i also do like the idea uh, or don't like the idea that everyone is special for a reason right you know so i'm kind of conflicted about the narrative so far because of that yeah and i'm getting antsy that they're throwing even more mystery at us before we've had a chance to really start to unravel what we've been given they pile up even more on it Mm -hmm. and i'm like what come on guys like (laughs) give me something speaking about mystery and and stuff uh with nick or the kid we got to see his eating habits Mm, apparently bread. bread is the only thing that he really eats that it's very biblical. Yeah, I was gonna say, do, do we read more <laughs> into that? that? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, maybe. Well, no, I don't. I don't know if it's that. I think that might have been the only thing he was given by by uh, Lacey, yeah. the warden, when he was in the cage. He just oh. gave him bread all the time. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, that, how is this? How did this kid live? I mean, obviously, that's why he looks jaundiced, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't look like he's he's in good health. Um. There was there was one other part that oh there was something as the episode was starting John there was one thing that you said you wanted to really pay attention to and did you did you come across it? Uh, was it about the demographics of the town? Yes, you oh, said yeah. you wanted to see if there was actually any people of color in I this episode. Yes, specifically because it was called local color, and we made a comment the last time about like hey, were there any uh like people not white in this thing in this town? Uh, I didn't see anybody. I, yeah, I didn't see anybody. Like, I actually was looking out for that. And, um, I mean, well, like, the I, guy that looks like he was the host of Local Color looked like he might vaguely. have been some kind of, like, Latino, maybe. Really? Like, he had I, a, I got very much, like, uh, like Greece or Greece. Yeah, like, a like, couple generations back, though. Maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. Mediterranean or yeah, something. Mediterranean okay, yeah, Mediterranean kind of looking. But, yeah, this, this town definitely didn't really have um, a very diverse uh, group. I mean, that it, I could tell. I, I don't want to stereotype and generalize Maine, but it's Maine. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they don't even have like like Kanye concert levels of like <laughs> things. Like like they're not. They don't even have like a couple other people. Like no, nah, it's just all white people. I mean, it's a, you could even go to a you know GOP conference or something like that and see people of color. Yeah, there's still more than what you see people. here. I want to believe that maybe there was a couple of black people in that one church scene that were just wearing bandages on the head and we couldn't tell. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. I didn't even take it in on that part of the truth. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I just. I definitely still think that that's there's some, there's something there. I mean, that would definitely kind of make the story a little more interesting because that's normally something that you don't focus on as much these days but it also would kind of fit in with the idea that like maybe henry deaver was like the only black kid in town who happened to also be raised by white parents like that might have something to do with it the whole mystery what's happening here well i mean if we definitely go off of what how uh uh the warden's widowed wife you know, acted when Henry was in her house. That yeah, she was not uh, happy with that revelation. Yeah. Then. Now we don't know. And if she it's likes because, her relations. Uh, <laughs> we don't know if it's because it, he was Henry or because he was black. So obviously, the the neighbor did not like the fact that there was a black person in her house. So yeah, that was the identifying thing that she checked in with. She didn't say, "Are you Henry Deaver?" No, she said, no. "Are you black?" <laughs> yeah. My my neighbor called and said that I let a black man in my house. Uh huh. 
So and that's rare enough of a thing in the which town. Which is the reason why we brought that up and the reason that you're you're looking at it this. I was week. like, yeah, I was like, that's a good point, and now I'm gonna look out for that. <laughs> so, anything else you want to bring up about this episode? Either one of you. No. Nothing. I'm I'm curious to ask you guys if at this point in watching this show, naturally, if you weren't watching it for this, would you continue still at this point? Yes. Yeah. Because I need to know how where this is going. Mm, like you've it's, already put it's, enough time in. It's <laughs> yes, I put enough time. Like he says, we've only watched three episodes. It feels like we've watched six. I, it does. Yeah. I, I feel like we've watched five or six of it. This and point. like they've like the way that they throw things out there is not like it's minor things. Like mm. all of a sudden now we know that the girl has essentially the shining and she killed the reverend. And there's possibly a dark reason why the reverend wanted to maybe kill Henry Deaver first. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, man, now I need to know where this is going. Like they hooked me in that sense. Mm. I still think that this might not have a, a satisfying payoff. But now it's like, why? Whatever the payoff is, now I have to know what that is. I, d I definitely agree. I want to see the payoff, and I definitely I feel like, like, one and a half seasons in, we get the payoff for what the first season was supposed <laughs> to be. To me, I uh, I would say this that I really feel like this show is another show in the new style of writing that it's written for the binge. So mm. I feel like if I weren't watching it for this, I would have already watched at least the first six episodes, and I would I would I'd be in. Mm -hmm. Like I oh I only need to do four more, and it it probably would have a great big payoff. Well, but, if I had Hulu, I definitely would have already gone through the whole thing by now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, watching it week to week, it is it, it does feel more of a daunting task to me, but. Uh, I, I, I said I, I think I would be watching it still. What about yourself? I don't think I would. Nope. You no. Would, you would done after the second episode I think or after this episode? It, it falls into that category for me where it's like I either like love it and I'm like anxiously waiting, like getting to go home and watch the next episode or whatever. And it's like, damn it, I have to work today. Um, or I would have watched everything all in like one weekend, like the first week that it's out on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, you know? If if it if this was being doled out week by week, I would fall off so fast. I yeah, I could see that. Let me ask you this, um, which it was being doled out week by this week. This was when it first came I, out. I would yeah. have stopped watching it. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't all released at one time. It's you had to wait so weekly. Slow. It is. Yeah. Um, speaking of shows that are horror ish and thriller ish. Have either one of you given a house on haunted or a haunting of Hill House a try? Yet? That sounds like it's the right version of those words. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't yet. Uh, Rafa swears by it. Really? Um, yeah, right. He just watched it and he said at one point like he like cried Ooh. because they they like attached him to these characters yeah. that well. Now, just to confirm, this is the show that's based off of the movie that had Catherine Zeta Jones and Owen Wilson and. Uh, so there was the three movies that came out around that time that are all based off the original movie that this is based off of uh, from the fifties. Fifties, yeah. yeah. So there was uh, the Haunting, which is the Catherine Jones one. Okay. The House on Haunted Hill, which is Jeffrey Rush. I love and, that one. And then there's uh, Thirteen Ghosts with Tony Shalhoub. Right. So all of those are all based off that same thing. Wait, Thirteen Ghosts like the with the. With Matthew Lillard. Yeah. yeah. Shannon. This is connected to that? Yep. 
I'm watching that show like today. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> now, the big thing, I, I, I do want to go and watch it. And I just haven't had a chance to yet. But the big thing I saw about it was that, or at least the, the big thing that I've seen people writing articles about is that you kind of want to rewatch the whole series after you watch it the first time because then you see that there's a whole bunch of hidden ghosts everywhere in the background yeah in yeah, the heard background about throughout the whole series and yeah, i'm like that that's the interesting original 13 ghosts like the yeah yeah the 50s version yeah yeah so uh all right well maybe we'll give that a try i, I like this idea do you have to wear special glasses oh, oh that's right you had to wear special glasses in that movie um next week we will continue with castle rock hopefully it gets better for some of us uh, or all of us or whatever uh so if you want to talk to me on the internet about any of the things that we talked about today or this episode, you can find me at, at Michipedia, G-E-R. John is also on Twitter as. I am at Magic Bollocks. Uh, Steven has a Twitter account, but mm. he's not checking it. I'm not using it. Add me on PSN. My name is Peppermint Gent on there. Oh. Or catch, catch me Fridays uh, at 7.30 Arizona time on twitch.tv slash mod20gaming with a 20 as two numbers. We play D&D. There you go. Yeah. And uh, the rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. Check out our website, GeekEliteRadio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.